G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The God of the Bible is not like any other God. Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we'll hear the second part of Prayer Resolutions. Pastor Jeff reminds us why we can always come to God in prayer, no matter what's happening in our lives or how unworthy we feel. Prayer moves the heart of the hand of God. So pray for the cancer. Pray for your job. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your relationships. Pray that you get into that college. Pray! This is Today with Jeff Vines and part two of Prayer Resolutions. Now the Bible says that if you're a child of God, God is going to get you to his end goal. The road you take is going to be entirely, or not entirely, but dramatically up to you. God is going to get you there. That's his end. But the more you disobey, you're going to be taking some side roads. And some of them are going to go by the cliffs. God will get you there. But every time you go down a road, he puts up a roadblock, tries to take you on another road. You go down that road and you go down the wrong way, he's going to put you on it. It's God's work in your life to get you down the road and ultimately to the destination because he loves you and he's never going to forsake you and there's nothing happening inside you that he will not continue to redirect till he gets you to your final destination. You understand that? God loves you and nothing separates Nothing happening inside you, nothing happening outside you, and this God cares about every moment of your life. Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I don't know why there are some bad things that happen in your life. Sometimes they're roadblocks. Sometimes it's the discipline of God. Sometimes it's a sinful world. Even though I can't explain to you why these things sometimes happen, I know the reason it can't be. It can't be because God doesn't love you because he gave what was most precious to him, his only son. So therefore, will he not give you all good things? Okay. Who are you praying to? You're praying to a God who loves you as a father loves a son and does not give up on you. You're in, man. You're in the family. You're going to stay in the family. And he's not going to give up on you. And he cares about every situation in your life. But who can pray now? Oh, this is the big one. Who can pray? You say, well, all God's children. Aren't all people God's children? In one sense, yes. God is the father of all in the sense that Henry Ford is the father of the Model T and all Fords. God rest his soul. However, the word father in the Bible is much more than that. Father and a son. Son says to the father, you were never a father to me. You never taught me anything about life. You never gave me ways of instruction to be successful. You were never involved in what I was trying to accomplish. You were never a father to me. Hey, you're my own flesh and blood. Hey, it takes a lot more than that to be a father. You and I know 
That just because someone is my biological progenitor does not mean that he has a real father relationship to me. And the Bible takes the same path with the children of God. Children of God aren't merely those who come from God, but those who have been adopted into God's family by grace through faith. And here's why. God is holy. You are not. You have no right to be in the presence of God, but he provided a way through his son. His son died for your sins so that when God looks at you, all who come to Christ, all who come in humility, all who come by grace through faith, God sees you now as a fully adopted, all the rights and privileges, child of God. But not because of what you did. Not because you did something good. You went a week without telling a lie. But because God loved you so much, he wanted to give you the opportunity to come into his presence. The apostle Paul stretches the limits of language when he says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation, anything else in creation, it will be able to separate you from the love of God that is where? In Christ Jesus. This is not a universal promise. This is a promise to the children of God. Those who have come to God on God's terms, not their own. Those who have not come to God on the basis of religion, but on the basis of grace through faith. If you think you've earned the right to come to God because you're good or because you chant a few mantras or because you say the right words at the right time. Folks, there's only one way to the Father. There is no other name under the heavens by which we are called to be saved. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't think Jesus was saying that just for your listening pleasure. He had a point to make. And the reason he can make that claim without being offensive is because that only Jesus died for your sins. Nobody else went to a cross. No one else was your sin bearer. And you know down deep inside that God is holy and that he is pure and he is righteous. And the only way you come into his presence is by being the same. You can't be the same. And so rather than keeping the law perfectly and being deemed righteous by God, Christ paid your sins. And because he paid for your sins, God now sees you as righteous and worthy to enter into his presence. You say, Pastor Jeff, I have struggled with this. What about other forms of prayer? I see people at the airport down on their knees and they're praying and they're bowing. I see people, I see Hindus and on television, on the Discovery Channel, Hindu chants and mantras. There's a lot of effort being made and you're telling me God doesn't hear them? Listen, when it comes to prayer, how loud you shout, how public your activities, how sincere your efforts, without truth, they are a mere exercise in futility. They may provide some sense of psychosomatic relief, but do they activate the hand and the energy and the power of God? Remember what happened in Elijah's day? Remember the prophets of Baal? They were pretty passionate. They were pretty serious. As a matter of fact, Elijah says, okay, let's see who the real God is. We built this altar. Now let's see whose God sends down fire. You go first. And hundreds and hundreds of prophets of Baal, what did they do? And by the way, anytime you see ancient uh, marks of the God Baal, he's always associated with the lightning rod. I think this is humorous because Elijah says, look, I'm going to give you the best chance possible. You're God of fire. I'm going to ask him to send down fire. <laughs> so go ahead, guys. Pray to your God. I'll wait over here. And what do they do? Oh, they're sincere. Oh, down on their... Loud. 
boat for early in the morning all the way to noon, lunchtime. And finally, Elijah's getting bored. And he says, you'll have to shout louder. (laughs) For surely he is a God. Perhaps he is daydreaming or is relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be awakened. Maybe your God suffers from irregularity. (laughs) Maybe your God's on the toilet. Maybe your God suffers from D-A-D-D, divinity attention deficit disorder. (laughs) And then verse 28, so they shouted louder and they slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until blood flowed. So they shout and they chant and they cut themselves. Nothing happens. To whom you pray is important. You're praying to the God, the creator and sustainer of all that is. And the only reason you can enter his presence is because you've become a child of God and you only become the child of God. You only become adopted into the family when you realize your sin separates you from God and there's only one who has bore your sin. And because of Jesus, you come into his presence. Now think about it. What does it really take? To, what would it take to go into the Oval Office and see the president? Okay? <laughs> what would it take? You, you'd, have to be a, you'd have to be a general or maybe a past president or financier or maybe some great accomplishment if you won the World Series or I'm sure Ohio State was invited in when they won the NCAA football championship. I'm sure that when Seattle wins the Super Bowl, they'll be invited into the <laughs> Oval Office. But what if you are, think about it, but what if you're one of the president's kids? What then? Don't you just waltz right into the Oval Office and sit on dad's knee and tell him what you want? Do you see what the Bible tries to help you understand about God? God is your daddy. He is your father. Yes, he's to be held in high regard and respect. But you have the right and privilege to walk in and sit on his knee and say, God, in the words of C.S. Lewis, don't bring before God what ought to be in you. Bring before God what is really in you. Because he's your father. And he has all the best intentions for you. Now, those are helpful. And those are obstacles that you're going to have to get. You've got to, res- you've got to resolved, resolve that these things are true. You have to. You can't be double-minded. That, that, I'm not based, uh, that God does not listen to me more or less based on how good I've been. That's just arrogance on your part. That God loves me and he wants to talk to me, especially when I fail. Because he's pulling for me. He's in my corner and he wants me to succeed. This is Today with Jeff Vines. You're listening to his message, Prayer Resolutions. Now Pastor Jeff asks if our prayers really make a difference to God. Let's continue. But it's this fourth thing that I think that stands in our way, and it's this. Do our prayers really make a difference? I mean, really. Is the future fixed? Or can I make choices that matter? Do my prayers impact the future? Now listen. Those of you who study philosophy, do you know what an antinomy is? An antinomy is what we call an apparent contradiction. It's kind of like light. Light can reveal itself in waves, but also in particles. And scientists look at that and say, well, how can that be? Well, it's not necessarily a contradiction, but it, it is, it's an anomaly. It's strange. How can God, how can God make sure and know the future and every event that's going to happen at a fixed point, and yet you and I, pray and it impacts the future. One of my favorite authors says, God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He does not pretend that he's answering our prayer when he's only doing what he's going to do anyway. Our requests really do make a difference in what God does or does not do. Does it? 
Listen, the God of the Bible is not like any other God. It's the God that says, you come to me. Let me give you just two examples. Now, we could do this for another hour. Aren't you glad we're not? But listen, Moses is up on Mount Sinai. He's receiving the Ten Commandments. And what are God's people doing? They're down in the valley. There's a massive orgy. Their hearts have turned back toward Egypt. They've created a golden calf. And God says, Moses, in verse 10 of chapter 32 of Exodus, now leave me alone, Moses, so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. God says, look, these people are hard-hearted. They're filled with disobedience. I'm going to start over just with you, Moses. And Moses enters in to one of the most instructive prayers in the Bible. And he says, God, wait a minute. This project of yours with your people, is it really necessary that it be defeated? Are you still not able to accomplish it? He's talking to God like this. Wait a minute, God. Think about this. Think about Think about telling God to think about this. Okay. Think about this, God. If you bring your people out here and you slaughter them, then the Egyptians are going to say, man, the the God of the Hebrews is a mean God. He brought them all out in the wilderness just to slaughter them. Do you really want that God? And what about the promise you made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Would you destroy them be consistent with your promise? Moses says in chapter 32, verse 12, turn from your fierce anger, God. Relent, that's a Hebrew word that is very clear. Go the other direction, that's what it means. Go the other direction, do not bring disaster on your people. In verse 14, in response to Moses, then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. What about Abraham's prayer for the city? What about Hezekiah's prayer? Do you remember when Isaiah shows up and he's got bad news for the prophet? He comes into the throne. I got bad news, Hezekiah. What's that? The Lord says you will surely die. Well, I mean, is it like right now or later? (laughs) You shall surely die now. And Isaiah leaves. As soon as he turns to leave, Hezekiah does what Moses did. He turns his face to the wall. He weeps bitterly. And he says, God, you know, I'm not a perfect man. But I've had an undivided heart, and I've tried my best. I've failed, but I've tried my best to serve you. And he pleads for his life. Isaiah doesn't even get out of the palace. Then God gives him another word. Okay, go back. And this is what I want you to say. And you'll find it in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 4 through 6. God says to Hezekiah, I have heard your prayer and have seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. Wow, one prayer, 15 more years. God, the Bible says, can be prevailed upon by those who stand in his presence. There is nothing automatic and there is no formula. There is no silver bullet prayer that always gets the job done. Requests may be granted, they may not be. But the language of the Bible is that when his children pray, when his children pray, it moves the heart and the hand of God. The effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It releases God's energy. Look, think about Jesus in the garden. I don't think Jesus prays a prayer just for your benefit. In his humanity, Jesus said what? God, I know what the end goal is and I know what you're trying to achieve. What I'm praying for is that there might be another way to achieve it. He says, if it's your will, if there's another road we can take to still get the end goal, God, then let this cup pass from me. Now, Jesus prayed that because he prayed that and he meant it. There wasn't another way because of the years and years of prophecy. This, was, this had to be the way, the exact way. 
And that's why Jesus said, but not my will, yours be done. Now let me show you this map again. I'm going to leave it up here. This hopefully brings everything together. I ask you again to look at the many roads that you could take. Now listen. Listen. God will bring everything to the end that he has desired. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. However, when it comes to your specific life, the road that he takes to get you there can vary based upon your prayers and God's willingness to respond. That's how they both work together. I mean, that is the miracle of God that he can take all our free will decisions and all our prayers and still bring all of human history to the end fixed point. But prayer moves the heart and the hand of God. So pray for the cancer. Pray for your job. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your relationships. Pray that you get into that college. Pray that you pass. Pray. And when God hears, God is smart enough and big enough to accomplish all of his plans and change the road in response to your prayers by the way he gets you there. Because as you're motivated by the burden of the heart and you sit on your father's knee and you pray, he begins to listen and begins to hear. There are people in this room who have been healed of cancer. There are people in this room who have not been. I cannot tell you why. I am not God. But I can tell you this. You make a big mistake when you don't pray. And a lot of people will go through their entire lives with this thing underneath that says, you know what, my prayers don't make a difference. The end is fixed. Hey, the end of everything might be fixed, but your life can take different roads. And those roads will be in response to prayer and what God decides to do in your life. So please, as we start to pray, come to the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. Listen, you can meditate and ruminate. You can even levitate if you want. But until you humble yourself and realize that you have no right to be in the Oval Office of God, until... Your sins are forgiven and that only Jesus bore your sins on the cross. Which is why I still believe it is the most recognized symbol in humanity. You cannot come to God. Sincerity is not what this is about, folks. This is about privilege and right to be in the presence of God and it comes through the Son. Understanding that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing inside you, nothing outside you. God is not more or less attentive based on how good you were last week. Thank God for that. Amen to that. Amen. Boy, amen to that. And acknowledge that God is in control of the world and your life. Now listen, if you haven't seen the movie Unbroken yet, go see it. Fantastic movie based on the true story of Louis Zamperini, who grew up, I believe, in Torrance. A story about a hero. The guy starts out a miserable life. He's a thief. He steals. He lies. He cheats. He does it all. Somewhere along the line, his older brother gets hold of him, starts to change him. He goes to war. He's lost at sea for 47 days. He's rescued by the Imperial Japanese Army. He's tortured in concentration camps. He's abused. Everywhere he goes... The commander of the camp singles him out because they find out he was an Olympic runner. If they can break him, they can break everybody. Near the end of the movie, Louis is taken into the city and he's given nice clothes, three good meals, no more torture, no more pain, no more suffering. And all he has to do is go on Japanese radio and tell the world 
that the American war prisoners are being treated with respect and dignity. And as much as he wanted to live his life, the rest of it, because they said, if you will do this, you will have a nice clothes, you will have nice meals, and you will live out the war on easy street. But he couldn't do it. And he went back into the camps. Because as much as he wanted his prayer answered, there was something bigger that he lived his life for. The United States of America. And ultimately, God. And because of men like that, that, and women, that's why you can sit here and do what you're doing now. All of our prayers, God is attentive. He listens, he hears, he moves, and he changes the roads in response to your prayer, but he will get you to that fixed, determined point. (laughs) But underlying all our prayers has to be the prayer of Jesus. Not my will, but yours be done. I live my life for a kingdom and a purpose greater than myself. If I summarize this message, it would be this. Pray. In three words. First word is pray. Second word, pray. Third word, pray some more. You say, how? 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 And I say, come back next week. Come back next week. Come back next week. (laughs) Father, we are so grateful for your goodness and your kindness. And uh, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. Uh, that you would open our eyes to the potential. We are starting to pray. We're just scratching the surface now. We know that. We must resolve some things in our mind. Help us to do so, so that we can start to pray and then teach us how, so that we can experience your love and a relationship with God our Father the way it was meant to be experienced. Go with us through this journey. Open our eyes to your truth and love. Change us from the inside out. And please, I pray that the Holy Spirit would do a mighty work right now and anybody in this room that really believes that the love God has for them is based on how good they are. Open their eyes to the reality that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing happening outside us, nothing happening inside us. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and that's the end of his message, Prayer Resolutions. Join us next time for another challenging session from Pastor Jeff. I want to show you how to pray, how to start it. To hear more right now, you can head to the Vision Christian Store. That's visionstore.org.au and click on Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.